This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey there, rugby fans. Welcome to another episode of the Rugby Rant Podcast Show with your team, Scott Ferrara, Rob Hammerschmidt, myself, Ty Braga, your host for today's activities. And joining us, the man who's going to be able to take them on is Roland Pratt from the Road to Glory Podcast. Roland, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks so much, guys. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. I'm looking forward to giving my uh, East Coast ideas on all things rugby today. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, you're going to be tackling these two here and uh, hopefully taking one of them uh, or two of them down along the way to be able to catch top honors in this rugby debate show. I'm and coming for that, Scott. Yeah, I'm <laughs> coming for it. Look at that. He's got your number. I like it. That's uh, a clear show of intent there by Roland. Now, for those of you that are tuning in, if you're not familiar with how the Rugby Rant podcast works in this rugby debate show, our guests are put to the test as they debate the topics at hand, where eventually we'll find a winner at the end of this episode. However, they only have two minutes to be able to tell us what they think about the topics. And gentlemen, what are we going to talk about today? First up, where did Kanaloa go wrong in their bid? Now, of course, it's an interesting debate for many people. There is a difference of opinion. It's almost split the league in half as to who are for and against and where it sits. We don't know, but we're going to debate it here today. When we have the opportunity following that, we're also going to take time to be able to talk about the new Rugby Tens World Series that will be continuing uh, this October. And we're going to be able to talk more about the Aviators' inclusion in that tournament. So... Gentlemen, once again, here on the Rugby Rant, we offer the floor to our first ranter. And on this round, it's going to be Rob Hammerschmidt. Tell us what you think about the Canaloa bid. Well, you know, I think on our first podcast, uh, when we covered this, we were all very skeptical of the bid and the the fact that they could get it done um, in a, in short order. And I will hold to that. I I was, I was, um, optimistic. I, I was really hopeful that they'd be able to get together for 2021. Uh, but quite frankly, guys, uh, the bid was submitted in June to expect them to put on a product for a February start. I thought was a, they've bitten off way more than I thought they could chew. And they've gone to that default that, um, you know, the league doesn't have their, their game in order in terms of, you know, when they're going to start given COVID. And, and I call a little bit of uh, a question of that simply because they could have they entered in June. COVID was a thing. NHL, MLB, uh, NFL, you know, none of the leagues were playing. None of the leagues knew what they were going to doing. They were going to do. They were all, you know, working to try to get back. Um, they should have expected some challenges with that. And they should have then put that bid on hold to go into 2022. Right. Um, so 2021 is ambitious. And um, let's face it. Uh, Mo, uh, sorry, Roland knows us. We just had Mo on. Uh, earlier this week, Old Glory took a year to do an exhibition season to prepare organizationally, to prepare players. ATL was loaning players out that wanted to get some um, experience in the league. I know Chance, we had him earlier. Um, we'll give a shout out to him later. But, um, you know, he went up and played with Rooney 
uh, when they made their playoff run. So all the opportunities were there for Conaloa to put a timeout on the bid to pump the brakes and to go into 2022. And by the way, they could have entered the draft, right? And, and they could have brought players in and given them a trial in that exhibition season. And they also could have waited for Saul Mooching, a Hawaiian, for his contract to expire in 2021. And then they could have signed him as a free agent and brought a Hawaiian man to captain that team down in Kalanoa. Right. Fair points there. So I guess if we had to sum up your rant, it was a case of too much too soon, perhaps. And really, I can see there's merit in that argument. So you'd you'd reference an exhibition game, uh, or at least a season, a ramp up period to be able to solidify your team, uh, to work on the mechanics inside the organization. So Yes. Is that the ideal format? Absolutely. However, was that possible in the COVID climate? Even if you had planned from last year, you still would have been in the same position with COVID. So if I understand you correctly, it was always going to be a factor. Now, why is this an excuse? Correct. All right. Interesting uh, platform to be able to build on. So let's hand it over to uh, Scott. What have you got to be able to share? Step one, take yourself off mute. Hey, hey, just so you know, this counts towards this two minutes. So uh, timer, <laughs> I, I, no, it doesn't. Everybody. Uh, definitely doesn't count. Uh, you know what? I don't what? know what's going on here. So he, as he got it wrong, as the guys as the guys know, I got a I got a new setup. I got a new setup here. So uh, all right, all right, let's get hot. So first things first, I'm going to shout out to uh, old glory super fan Sue Parks. Me and Sue go way back. Um, good friend of mine. Uh, glad she got her team down down in Old Glory. Um, awesome. So, so what do they say when when it's a he said she said? Right? It's what he said, what she said, and the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think Canaloa Rob had a good point. Uh, a little too much too soon. I think COVID was going to delay them in the way um, the the them getting international players. Um, I think one of the biggest things. And I think it's, this is something they didn't think about was we saw it with Drew Mitchell, right? Uh, Drew Mitchell couldn't come to Rooney because he, he couldn't get, enter the country because it was hard to say. It, he had to prove that he was a professional rugby player. So now you're going to, to passport control and you're saying there's a professional rugby team in Hawaii. I think that's more of a, a, a sticking point than it would be maybe in the continental United States. And I think that's something that maybe they didn't think about. Um, the second thing is what – the the bid itself, from what we know, the ninety day uh, space surprised them. So, what was the communication between the MLR and Canaloa on that ninety day period for them to shore things up? Because when Cam we had Cam on the show, um, he mentioned to us that they were talking to you know airlines, they were talking to hotels about providing group rates so that way they can kind of lower the cost to teams coming from from the East Coast. And then he went on a different show and he said that those partnerships were solidified. So I'm wondering if there was, you know, a miscommunication in what they were putting out because I felt when they were talking to us, it was something they were in talks to do. And then a couple of weeks later, they said it was solidified. And then you had, um, I believe a, a state Senator from Hawaii came out and said, he's never you know, even heard of anything going on with this bid. <laughs> so I think there was just confusion on all fronts. And unfortunately, because of that, it, it became again, Canaloa had issues, MLR had issues, and I think they both just said, we're going to wash our hands right now. Right. So it sounds to me like you're echoing very same themes that Rob had uh, laid out before us, is that maybe they just bit off more than they could chew. 
Um, so essentially, what you're also talking about and some of the key points of I Rewind, and to be able to offer a further insight for our viewers, those of you that have been following, we were previously the MLR rent. And during that time, we were fortunate enough as a show to be able to host an interview with Cam Kilgore, the rugby manager for the Canaloa bid. Inside that bid, he had outlined some of these criticisms that initially were received from fans like yourself, perhaps, is that how are they going to overcome the challenges of travel, uh, accommodation, stadiums? And, you know, they had outlined what they thought was reasonable, what we thought at the time was reasonable. But it all came to a head when obviously Major League Rugby themselves said, yes, we like what you're presenting in principle now let's put it to paper and make it actually happen, which is where the 90-day uh, period of negotiation was uh, introduced. And I believe it may have very well come as a surprise, but you can certainly understand why the league would want to proceed cautiously. And I believe that they should be credited for that because they themselves could also have a lot to lose. So why would you want to potentially commit to something that is yet to be defined. So Rob and, and Scott have both made good points there. Let's hand it over to Roland to be able to share what he thinks. Uh, yeah, guys, um, those are absolutely very good points. Uh, I'd like to take it from a slightly different perspective as well, if you don't mind. Um, when, when it first came out in June that the kind uh, uh, of bid, what they were, they were searching for, they had 90 days then to, to, uh, uh, to see if they could get the licensing uh, for for their club. Um, the problem that I had with it was when we had Cam, uh, when you guys had Cam Gilgore on the other evening, uh, he had three uh, points that Rob laid out. Uh, asked him about um, one of them was about Stadia, which was the third one, which he covered quite well. I thought the first one was about the flights and accommodations, which again he sort of covered pretty well and uh, did a good job with it. It's the second one I want to focus on. It's the financials, guys. It's money, 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 and. I don't care how many All Blacks you have in your stable. If you don't have a financial wizard or backer or a man that has a huge checkbook, then, then you forget about it. And they were able to give absolutely everything, all the goodwill. I hope Hawaii gets a, a club. I really do. I think it will be fantastic for MLR. It will be fantastic for the folks in Hawaii. But I don't think at this particular time, the Kanaloa bid was... Um, um, had their financials in order and it probably scared off um, the MLR heads a little bit as well. So, um, you know, that it's frustrating. I'm sure people would have liked to have seen it, but um, maybe 22, uh, you know, uh, they have a little bit more time. I take Rob's point again um, that they said it was just such a short period of time to uh, try to get all of these things organized. And again, from Old Glory's perspective, you know, it took nearly two years of all, all things coming together to to get a team on the field. So uh, maybe next year, guys. Right. And to that point, uh, next year, obviously, it, you know, we would be excited to be able to hear if another bid had been submitted to join the league by Canaloa for 2022. So an email release. Uh, from their social media page, the Kanaloa Hawaii organization reportedly had said that this is their 
their next door that's left open is maybe they very well can consolidate. Maybe they can review some of these restrictions. Maybe they can consider overcoming these these uh, mountains that may lay ahead of them and place another bid. What Major League Rugby didn't say is that the bid has been rolled over, but they are welcome to be able to place another bid. So really, it does tell you that a few of these ducks were certainly not in their row. And maybe, just maybe, one of those was the finances, as Roland, you so rightly pointed out. And you referenced the, uh, the backing from All Blacks. Now, for those of you that are not familiar, uh, this Kanaloa Rugby Organization was said to have been backed and financed by a group of high-profile rugby players, Kano, Jerome Kano, uh, Rocco Coco, the list goes on, uh, Benetiga. So certainly it had rugby knowledge, um, and it had the administrative side too with Tracy Atiga, uh, heavily linked to rugby administration, and so the list can go on. So at first sight, it had the makings. It had the right formula. But perhaps when you dig a little bit deeper and you start to uncover a few little cracks, they start to widen when you ask tough questions about finances, when you ask about can you overcome these challenges. Scott had brought up a good point that there was a little bit of doubt that was cast upon the bid when Senator Wakai, native to Hawaii, had portrayed in the press that he had no idea about this bid. And then in addition to this, you spoke about this, Roland, that the uh, stadium was an issue uh, that was brought up by Rob in that interview with Kanaloa, and it spoke about Aloha Stadium, a 35,000-seater stadium that is going to be renovated over the next three years. So, yeah, there were a lot of points that were brought up, and they sounded good, but when you took a closer look, you began to perhaps start to see some of these things uh, that weren't necessarily adding up. So, gentlemen, uh, I, I know I, there's, there's probably a tons, few more points here, um, and Rob, I'm going to hand it over to you again to be able to build on what we've already discussed. What more can you add? So I just like to say um, this, and it's that with all due respect, I, I totally respect Cam and Tracy, and I know Jack Breen has been heavily involved. Kudos to them for getting the ball rolling. My big concern is they missed an opportunity. And what I'm saying by this is this. I've talked to a couple groups that have actually looked into starting an MLR franchise in a variety of cities. And one of the things that I've said in my recommendation is you get one chance to get it right. Right. You get one chance to make that presentation. You get one chance to bring in a, a collective, a group of rugby people into your core to try to sell this to the rugby community first. And those are the people that are at the center of any bid. You need those people to fill the seats. You need those people to bring in their friends. You need those people to sell the franchise and sell rugby to the rest of the community that you're serving. You have one chance to get that right. If you miss that chance, you may have missed your opportunity. And I think that's part of the problem that Austin was trying to do when they were sweeping up after Terry left. Mm -hmm. Right. Fair points, you know, because, yeah, you don't get another shot at it. And when they first came out of the gates, they had a wonderful message. I mean, if we just take a, a step back and evaluate what their purpose was said to be, to grow rugby in a region that deserved it, the Pacifica culture, uh, the, 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 you know, uniting the Pacific nations uh, to be the first professional rugby organization that is truly reflective of this culture uh, and to grow the sport uh, in a way that it hadn't been done in those regions is a powerful and a great message and a wonderful mission to be able to serve. So it was, 
I would say certainly came from 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 a, a good place. Absolutely, and you have to be able to have those things in in place to 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 follow through. Um, now, I wanted to be able to reference the finances again. So you had kind of briefly spoken about it, Rob, a moment ago that we've been fortunate enough to be a part of conversations where there are teams that are looking to be able to place upcoming bids. So the list of who wants to join the league is continuing to grow. And with that, so is the financial commitment to be able to join the league. Absolutely. Right now, it's rumored to be about $10 million just for the first year's franchise fee. Um, and then in addition, you are expected to be able to contribute even more uh, for the first three seasons, I believe it is. That could be a total anywhere north of $25 million. Uh, this is not even counting your operating costs that are expected. So as Roland had mentioned, maybe it was finances. But for any team that's going to look to come and join MLR, might very well face the exact same challenges ahead. So perhaps it begs a question, in a league that is still considered very new, is still in a large deficit, is this the best way to be able to attract teams and to be able to treat them when they do want to be able to join the league? I'm going to hand it over to Scott to be able to offer his thoughts in that regard and share whatever else he has to offer. I mean, I think as, as we've seen with the league, you know, with the shortened season, there are a bunch of teams that obviously had losses and it looks like the league, obviously, obviously the league covered the payrolls for all the players. Um, obviously I think the, it sounds to me in speaking with certain people that the league covered losses for some teams who didn't get, you know, a full, you know, again, we talk about the teams who didn't get home games. Right. Um, but what I, what I think is, is the, the biggest telling thing was you, Kenaloa lost rugby capital with the MLR fans. There was a, a, a big outcry when, when this, this went down and I don't feel, I feel as though the way MLR went about it was cool, professional, Hey, we didn't get it done. That's okay. We hope to see him in 2022. You know, it was great working with them. Then Canaloa first came out with that big, long email statement where they kind of threw MLR under the bus for whatever they perceive. And then they took that back and then they put it in a truncated statement and then they took that back. I mean, it, it's whatever capital they had built trying to put this together, I think burned some MLR fans. And I could see why, because, you know, MLR fans wanted to buy into it, even if they weren't going to be a Canaloa fan. Obviously, everybody liked the idea of having the right. Hawaiian team. Um, and then to come out and kind of like almost air your dirty laundry that way publicly when the MLR just said, hey, you know, it didn't happen. It's okay. You know, we want to see you next year. You know, it's it, it wasn't the way to go about it and, and to air it publicly like that, I think, burned some capital with fans. Right. I completely agree with you there. I think that, you know, in in, in that type of situation, you have to imagine – well, I would imagine if I was in a position, it'd be very difficult. Yes, would I be upset? Would I be disappointed? Absolutely. I probably put a tremendous amount of work into it. But you're not going to achieve any good by coming back negative. So really, what did you have to gain? Nothing. So it also begs the question, as while it is said that that door was left open, that we are considering options for 2022, you brought up another great point there, Scott, is that you've lost a lot of trust or credibility with the MLR fan. And is that a reputation you want to be able to try and build? And if so, how do you do it? And is it worth it if you don't see yourself in the league for the next three to five years? And this is one of the other criticisms that came up along the way. While Canaloa was certainly active in their bid to be able to join MLR, 
it became known about halfway through the cycle that they were also actively pursuing a bid for Super Rugby. Thank so you. many people had a bed the question going, well, is this playing second fiddle to a team that's proposed to be uh, hosted in, in Auckland where their platform is to be able to build that same Pacifica culture to participate in the Super Rugby? So, yeah, uh, I can see how the MLR fan could perceive this is not the right way to be able to build a team culture and to be able to build faith in the league. So, yeah, good points there from, from Scott. And I want to be able to offer my thoughts as well to kind of bring a, a broader perspective uh, to it as well. Uh, Rob, I know you're itching at the, uh, uh, to be able to jump in. It looks like you're yeah. uh, be the signal, like to steal third nope. or something. Go to roll You're like, you've been patient. Yeah. I'm doing my best here. I'm holding my tongue. <laughs> right. Well, Roland, go ahead and tell us what you think now. Uh, so, again, uh, going back to, you know, uh, these are all great points, and I think they're all very valid as well. Uh, again, I, I, can't, I just can't kick my eyes off the whole money issue. And I'll go back again to June. So we got a Twitter statement from uh, uh, somebody that said that we're going to have a Canaloa franchise. Great. There's immediately this kind of guerrilla media, you right. know, storm uh, of goodwill. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, my God, that's amazing. What better place to have a rugby team than Hawaii? Ring of fire. We deserve it, you know. Uh, but, again, were they just fishing for investment? That's my question to you. And, and, you know, we brought out, they brought out all these things, you know, but the former players that were there, again, I didn't see one investment broker that was named or anybody that had deep pockets. But I'm wondering if potentially that they showed all of this other information, like all this great you know, ideas that they had. What would the ones like, please come to us with your money, you know, uh, like we, they will definitely, they're going to need some outside investment if they want to pull this off. I'm, I, I, listen, it happened in New York, right, Scott? They got they got an extra investors, and uh, Austin couldn't make it happen down there. They had to sell. It, t- it takes money, guys. It takes a lot of money to run this thing, and I'm not sure they have it yet. And to I, that, uh, I just gotta, but to to, to what's Rowan saying though? Yeah. From what we know so far of the teams that are in the league, the way the teams have changed in the league as far as money and ownership is concerned, and the the new teams that are rumored to come out, and and we know Rob is doing his digging, detective detective Hammerschmidt over there. <laughs> Every everything about money has been tight lipped from from between the teams to the league. Right. So in in my head, that doesn't surprise me. Now maybe it surprises the average fan that there wasn't, you know, high profile individuals linked money wise, you know, net worth wise. But to me that that doesn't necessarily ring an alarm bell in my head. Um because maybe somebody just, you know, they they put out the guys they wanted to name and maybe he's, you know, could be a silent backer. Maybe it could be another Gilchrist team and we can have three Gilchrist teams, you know. Oh, no, I mean, but, but my point is but, but my, <laughs> my my but my point is Everything with money has been tight-lipped since the, the beginning of the MLR, but whether it's the teams or the league. So I don't think right. that was as big of an alarm bell for most people. So the other thing to be able to consider, and when we talk about money, uh, so Roland, you had mentioned uh, you know, Rooney, when was it, last year, got a large investment as well? Or was mm-hmm. it just before the start of the 2020 season? Just, it was just before, was it? Uh, right. Scott, you probably know better than I. Yeah. Uh, Around around yeah. that time. Yeah. So yeah. certainly, yes, money is always going to be a concern, especially for a league that is well in the deficit right now. I mean, there's no 
there's no illusions that that rugby in America is a very expensive thing to do because the support isn't there, the sponsorships aren't there yet, uh, the broadcasting is liability, as Rob pointed out in previous episodes. And what I mean by that is just on that alone is about 2.5, 2.6 million expense. So certainly the expenses far outweigh any of the income that's coming in. So yes, you do have to look for other means and that's going to come through cash injections. Mm-hmm. To that point, when Rooney had uh, first participated and other teams that are, came along much earlier, the franchise fees were probably only close to a million. They sure. are now 10 times higher just for your first season. That's not even counting second, third, and fourth season beyond that. So certainly you can recognize that it's, it becomes a greater task to be financially sound as the years go by. Yeah, I don't think there's one team yet that has broken um, even. even. And I, and I heard a rumor that Canaloa were looking to make a profit in their first year. And I mean, immediately that's a red flag. That's just practically impossible. Um, you know, so you have to wonder what their, you know, financial plan is. And uh, if you don't have a plan, you're lost, guys. Especially yeah. in COVID conditions where right now, oh, yeah. if they wanted to come play Rooney at Rooney, they have to quarantine for two weeks. Thank you. You know? Right. And that's a fair point, you know, and then obviously one of the things that is circling the league now uh, is the notion that the league may very well choose to postpone the start. Ordinarily, they would start in February. There is a plan that they might very well start in April, which could have negated some of the issues for Canaloa if they had more time to be able to provide evidence that they had the funds to make transfer of their franchise fees to be able to get their house in order. But you can't set a plan would be the criticism from many people that I've spoken to share the same sentiment. And I think it's the same here that you can't set a plan for April when you're everybody's expected that the plan should be for February. Right. I know uh, Scott has definitely uh, mentioned this to me. Can you elaborate further on that thought? Well, it's it's like saying, OK, uh, in the NFL, um, hey, Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers want to start. Well, guess what? Green Bay Packers want to want to kick push their kickoff to October. The rest of the NFL started in September. You can't you can't do that. You, Kanaloa knows that in February we start the season. That's what we've we've done for for three years. If they knew they couldn't get it by then, then again they should have bowed out, which wouldn't have been a problem. I, I don't think anybody around the league f- found it to be an issue that there wanted to be a Hawaiian team. We saw so many people want to support it. We want it to succeed, just like we want every team except for New England to succeed. Um, yeah, well, you know, come on, it's it, me and it's me and Mag will be soon. It'll be me and Mag will be face to face soon. He knows where to find me. Um, but ser- but typical New Yorker. Yeah, but but, ser- but seriously, it, it's if, if you couldn't work it out, that's okay. And the the MLR said that's okay. They didn't say. You went in and did something, you know, mischievous. It didn't say you, you came in and everything was. It's fine. We'll start you in twenty twenty two. And guess what? They could have started a club team, and had right. a, a Kanaloa rugby club team in Hawaii. And that like old, was old old Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. that was my point. You know, that was my very point. I mean, there were three three organizations, to and and probably Rooney and Toronto would have been two others. So five organizations that had a format that had been tried, trued, and tested, right? Old Glory had a nice start to the season, although shortened. Uh, we know that um, you know New England suffered some losses, but they had a good win out there in Vegas. We're not going to talk about who they beat. 
Um, and, uh, and, and, and we know that, you know, rugby ATL had some really nice wins too. So it was a proven way to develop and put a team into place that could be competitive once they entered the league. Why would they have diverted from that to try to rush this, especially knowing that COVID is there in June? And, and those five organizations though already had their, their team set up. And what I'm just saying is, Create Canelo Rugby Club, just like you have Nyack yeah. and Old Blue in New York, and you didn't. And then, and then that way, it, that's that's another thing. You're going to have fans support it. We saw the large Polynesian and Pacifica fans that were fans of other teams saying, "We want to support Canaloa. We know people who who are on the islands who would love to play. So, I mean, I, I didn't see a downside. And even if you couldn't get the bid done, to just to have Canaloa Rugby Club and play other local clubs. I mean, and obviously COVID. You can't do that right now, but to have it set up that maybe in April you come over and you do uh, a tour of, of the MLR stadiums and you play the Jesters, uh, you know, the Jesters come down and you play them in wherever you're going to play them. You, you go to Rooney and the, the curtain raiser is going to be Canaloa versus uh, a Nyack side, or you go to, you know, San Diego and they play, you know, whoever's there. I mean, it, I, well, you play some academy teams or something like yeah. that as well. Yeah. Yeah, Scott, we know like Rugby ATL just announced what today that they're actually yep. doing is, uh, you know, 404 is doing a season. And Utah. You know, and Utah is doing it too. Well, yeah. So you've got to think that those plans were in the works at some point, at some level. During that, you know, also, also, guys, I would say community outreach is a really big one yes. there as well, and none of that has happened yet. I know from Old Glory, their their tentacles are all over the the Washington, the Greater Washington D.C. area, and, and the outskirts. They travel all over, and it's the same with Rooney. And it's, oh, gosh, it's the same with all the teams. To be honest with you, none of that has has. Uh, there's nothing in Hawaii and the Big Island now. Uh, that, that says, you know, Kanaloa or anything right now. They don't know anything really about it. Um, all of that needs to happen before, you know, you place this great super team there. You know, the, 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 the people that are living on the island need to understand, uh, you know, that uh, that's going to be their club. That's going to be part of their culture. You know, they need to have their kids, bring the kids to those games and things like that. None of that's happened yet. Right. And I definitely understand. So, gentlemen, to be able to wrap this one up, it has been an interesting debate from a couple of different angles. I think a lot of this criticism is warranted, but I do think overall the general sentiment here is that it might have just been too much too soon. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Yep. Well, gentlemen, I think that we stayed the course on this one. Let's take an opportunity to be able to share with our viewers a word from our sponsors And we want to be able to thank uh, the gentleman here for uh, taking the time to be able to rant about this issue. So we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back, Rugby Rant fans, to the podcast here where we put our guests to the test to be able to debate the topics at hand. And we are moving on from our previous. I got to interrupt you, Ty. Remember last week I was talking about that shirt, that, that shirt I really liked? Well, yeah, guess yeah, what? Of course. yeah my, well that's the one you're probably wearing right absolutely i got it from the rugby shop the ag's um, one know, the ag's one right shout out, shout out to my boys shout out to uh Lerone white shout out to brendan rams my boys down there with the ag's <laughs> nice. um, and listen i got it from the rugby shop it came quick i love the shirt they still had it in stock they had it in obviously prop sized uh, uh <laughs> sizes um you, you really you really can't beat their service you really can't beat the, yeah. the amount of amount of things they have for the different teams i absolutely right. love the shirt had like, to buy it. like you mean this uh this uh 
arrows jersey. No offense, no offense to Bill Webb. He's always wearing the Canadian gear. What's going yeah, on? No, no, no offense to Bill Webb, but it's it's, <laughs> it's my favorite Canadian team. It's hashtag yeah, ABC. Yeah. Always beat Canada, baby. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you say that though. Um, so yeah, with the with the guys from from the rugby shop have been kind enough to be able to share this with us. So thank you for reminding me. And uh, I like that shirt. No, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm supporting any team yet. I'm still a free agent, and I'm accepting <laughs> flag. <laughs> My uh, loyalty uh, can be bought. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm a whore. I'll wear anything. <laughs> so, gentlemen, let's go back to rugby, what we're actually good at, right? Or what we think we're good at, right? What's the definition of the shirt again? Three guys that think they know about rugby. That's us. We're good at talking about it, at least. <laughs> right. Then we have a fourth. Again, Roland Pratt from the Road to Glory podcast show joining us here to be able to tackle these two uh i would say uh uh giants of a podcasting world but it might be overselling it um, <laughs> so let's be able to get down to it guys so on this podcast we've already debated the Canaloa bid, the second half of this conversation is to be able to talk about the Rugby 10s. Now, this is exciting news that's coming out of a rugby region that has fallen off the uh, the calendar. Of course, we're talking about the Aviators. Ohio had hosted a team in the previous iteration of professional rugby, of course, pro rugby, as everybody knows it. Unfortunately, it failed in its one and only season. But is this the revival of this team? Will Chris Shade find his home again in Ohio? <laughs> <laughs> yes, watch this place. However, it's exciting to be able to see some of the names that have already been joining this 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 campaign uh, to bring back rugby, and they're not doing it in the traditional way. It's not in the 15s game. It's this World uh, 10s series. So we're going to talk a little bit about it here, um, try and highlight some of the great achievements, but really to be able to debate is this a good idea right now and how will it work? Let's dig into it by offering the floor first on this occasion to Roland. Tell us what you think about this. Uh, well, I think, first of all, it's a very interesting concept. And, I, and I, I've always had a sort of a special place in my heart for all the other codes of rugby. Thames is clearly the least known. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, if this comes off, just quickly about on the field stuff. Sounds like they have a couple of new nuances there within the game of kicking conversions and things, which, you know, just for the sake of it, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, you know, how that all worked out. But then we get back to the teams themselves. Unfortunately, we've only had two teams announced right now uh, for Barbados. And um, one of the teams, South African. Correction, uh, Bermuda. Excuse me. I'm sorry, Bermuda. Uh, uh, one of the uh, teams of South Africa. Minus the point. <laughs> oh, I'll make it back. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, the other is the uh, is the aviators. So, uh, uh, quickly, when I was researching this, uh, well, there's not a whole lot of information online about about this uh, happening, guys. Um, it was interesting, you know, reading about it. That uh, I found that the chief operating officer is Paul Holmes. Uh, who's, um, you know, of Tiger rugby uh, fame. And, uh, you know, he's definitely been a leading light in the rugby community here for quite a while. Um, the Aviators, he was the former coach um, back in the day. Uh, he worked there. He worked with 1823 in that area also. Um, so it's not surprising to me that uh, Ohio have dusted off the old uniforms and are, are coming back into the fray. I mean, I'm sure he didn't lose... Uh, 
the uh, the director of uh, Ohio's number. Uh, it's uh, Tom Rooney, and uh, you know clearly he still had Taylor Howden on on speed dial as well. So uh, you know all these things came together, and now uh, they're putting a team in. It'll be interesting. Right. We need to hear more teams being announced, though. That's got to be the most important thing. Right and now. that is a curious point that you bring up. And I wanted to be able to just hit pause on that for a moment. So let's bring it into a little bit of a better understanding. For those of you that are watching, Rugby Tens has been a game that was said to be invented in Malaysia by the, uh, it's called Cobra. It's the Combined Combined Old Boys Rugby Association back in 1967. So it's not new but new to rugby, right? So what makes it interesting? Well, it's a it's a hybrid version of rugby. Uh, you have five in the scrum. You have five in the back line. It does have an interesting uh, set of rules. Um, some of the major changes is that it's one point for a conversion, although you can choose uh, as the kicker to be able to kick from a, a farther, more difficult zone for a conversion to get five points. So it's obviously a very different game. And it's pegged to be the IPL of of rugby. So it's supposed to redesign the program, redesign the package and make it more exciting. So they're planning to be able to launch this come October. Well, that's just around the corner. And as Roland so rightly pointed out, there's only two teams that are confirmed. One of which is from, uh, of course, Ohio with the aviators. The second is a Cape Town based team called the SX 10. It is said that they will have eight teams that are participating in this first leg. However, with only a month to go, where are the other six coming from? So let's leave it on that point and hand the floor over to Scott. Tell us what you think. Well, first off, I'm going to shout out three people, three players I love. Kyle Sumption, Harry Bennett, John Quill, my boys, Sacramento Express. Shout out to the old Sacramento Express Pro Rugby. <laughs> here's here's the, the, the biggest thing, the, the biggest uh, rule change that they have. On the fly, unlimited subs. Right. The ball gets down to the five-meter line. What do you do? You take a guy like James Rochford. You put him in on the fly. You take out maybe your hooker or a, a smaller uh, a back row player, and you pound it in there with another friggin' prop. And <laughs> you know what it does? It's unlimited. It doesn't matter. Once you, you punch the ball five in. years with those rules. <laughs> exactly. You, you punch the ball in. James Rochford goes back to the sideline, takes a breather, and only has to come back in again when he has to pound the rock, baby. I frigging love it. I love as much rugby as I can get. Um, it's it's that good tens is that good in between between sevens and fifteens. Um, I think it's it's going to be something that if they can prove to be a good World Series, that it might take over in popularity from sevens because it's going to catch all those big fat guys like me that go, huh? We got five guys in a legit scrum. That's actually pretty good. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, here's the th- here's the thing. You with 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 having that because what's the biggest thing is is they talk about sevens and and they feel you know some of the slower guys looking at me feel that you could just have to be a track star sometimes to play sevens. Um, I feel you while you do in tens, you can have that good that good little mix of everything. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be you know points scored. There's going to be that new conversion rule where they're going to try and kick it from deep. And hell, let's see where it goes and let's get those other six teams. 
Right. So I like the, what you brought up, though, is the rolling subs. So it keeps the game active. It keeps it moving. There's uh, very little uh, opportunity for stoppages. And the game itself is obviously going to be, as you so rightly pointed out, kind of a, a, a middle ground between sevens and fifteens. So there's going to be a great overlap in the fan culture. Those that are purists and say, I love fifteens, might feel more inclined to watch tens than they do sevens. Um, and those that are pure sevens fans might be more inclined to watch tens than they would fifteens. So maybe that happy medium is going to be their niche that they're going to find their success in that little zone there. One of the interesting points about it is that the full length of the game is only going to be uh, 22 minutes. It's going to be 10 minutes each side, of course, like sevens. It mimics the very same theme, 10 aside, 10 minutes each half with a two-minute break in between. But with the rolling subs, it's going to be interesting uh, a, a use of tactics. So I guess what I'm trying to be able to say is that you could very well have the skill set of sevens and the tactics of 15s. Rob, what do you think? Is this a gimmick? I mean, seriously, <laughs> it, what, is, what is the Here we go. What is the point? Like, it just seems gimmicky to me. Like, they're trying to make a splash, you know, uh, uh, right now to steal – uh, the sporting world, you know, thunder and get a lot of attention, but to what end? Who's their target market? Are they trying to grow a game? Are they actually trying to, you know, uh, uh, upset league or upset union or upset sevens and and really take that throne? I, I, I guess I just want to know to what end, or is this just like a flash in the pan event that they're trying to give an opportunity to some players to play during these COVID times and get an opportunity to touch the ball a little bit? I, I, just so little information has come out to with any clarity about what the, what the end game is and what the goal is. I just have to wonder: is this a, is this a gimmick? Um, are, are they going to be able to put get visas together for these players? I mean, quite frankly, you know, we know we're having difficulty getting players in this country, and we know that many of the MLR, some of the MLR players that they've talked about being associated with the Aviators, you know, have they got their visas shored up so that they can leave? You know, um, with a month to go. Uh, our State Department isn't exactly moving at a rabbit's pace to get some of those visas processed. So what's right. the reality there to get the team away, to get the teams away? And then um, lastly, like, uh, you know, is it, or is this a trial balloon for the Ohio Aviators to maybe make a play to join the MLR? Just get a little bit of attention, see what kind of uh, – Pot, you know, what kind of um, interest they can stir up in Ohio and and make a play for 2022 or 2023. I'm not sure. But here's what I know. Uh, the players that are listed aren't going to be joining um, at least the the aviators for any long term because they're already contracted with uh, players in the MLR, our teams in the MLR. Right. And that last point there, obviously, there are some notable names that people will be finding <laughs> rugby are. Uh, Dylan Fawcett, uh, Rickett Hatting, uh, you know, the list can continue on. And as you so rightly pointed out, they've already got existing contractual agreements that are in place with their teams right now. So this window does allow them to be able to take on this opportunity to be able to play. It won't be the case if it continues. And to that point, this idea, this concept of TENS World uh, Series or the World TENS Series is to be able to host 12 legs across the nation. So it's going to be a globe-trotting event. You sure you want to plan that during COVID? <laughs> so, I, I mean, i got to be able to, 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 to cast some doubt on it myself. So I had already spoken about the fact that there's only two teams that have 
agreed that are uh, that are actually listed on their website. So we can say, okay, Cape Town is in, Ohio is in. Now, who else? we got six other teams to be able to fill the spots for the recommended eight to be able to participate. But on top of that, when I was digging a little bit further, what I did find out, now, I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel to Bermuda many, many, many occasions, right? It does have a great rugby culture. It has a wonderful sporting culture. One of the great parts of that rugby culture is the World Rugby Classic that has been participated, or sorry, has been hosted since 1988. So it's got a rich history. I mean, it was going to its 33rd year. Interestingly, when I did some research, I found out that the World Rugby Classic, which has hosted numerous players of the highest profile over those years, um, including you know, the classics like uh, Francois Pinard, you can go on to Guillermo, you can, uh, the list can go on and on, right? So it really does bring a great rugby culture. They are the ones who have done it and have done it well in that place. However, they decided they're not doing it this year. So funny enough, when I did some research, they were to open their event on November 8th. The dates that are uh, that are set for this tournament of the tens is from October 24th and will play through until its final on November 7th. That means the ne- event very next day was going to be the World Rugby Classic, and they posted that they have postponed their event because of the COVID conditions. So they cited that it would be irresponsible to be able to host an event, gather people in, in, in that location, to bring people from outside the nation. They didn't feel that they could successfully keep everybody safe, and they didn't want to be able to put anybody at risk. So they chose to cancel an event that has already been hosted 32 years in a row. What makes you think that you can be able to get a new event like TENS off the ground during COVID that they couldn't do? So it's the NHL. It's the NHL hasn't had one positive test. They've been playing for how long? It is possible to do that. It is possible possible to do it. It's possible, but it's it becomes more difficult when you have a world league that you're trying to bring in players from all over the world. Uh, Also, uh, Ty, you brought up mentioned to me earlier today as well that um, you weren't even uh, sure if the Cape Town team would be able to travel due to the lockdown situation in South Africa. So uh, if you have six other teams from six other geographical locations around the world, um, who's to say that those teams aren't locked out as well at some, uh, you know, some way, shape or form. Finally, uh, on their website, I haven't seen very much in the way of sponsorship and I haven't seen very, I haven't seen very much in the way of uh, television. How are we going to watch this uh, guys? on the website, they did say in this press release that they had plans to be able to broadcast it across the globe. As you so uh, uh, rightly pointed out there again, is there's no plans that have been laid out on how they uh, expect to be able to do so. So I guess um, with only 26 days to go, in fact, the, the reason I say 26 days is when I was doing my research, they actually have a timer on their website that is rolling yeah. down to the <laughs> right? Which I think, again, is like, why would you put yourself under the pressure and following the theme of the previous conversation? Is it too much too soon? Are you trying to bite off more than you can actually chew? What's interesting that Roland mentioned a very good point, And that's that, you know, these other six teams, like let's, let's postulate here for a moment. Where would we suspect teams would come from? Mm-hmm. Australia, New Zealand, UK, England, right. right? Wales, right? Well, let's just look at Australia. I know that right now in Australia, like Victoria, for example, you have to pay, I think it's $4,500 to 
just to leave. That's not your fault. It's just to leave the country. And, and there are some pretty significant restrictions on people that do leave when they can come back. And you got to imagine that's going to be difficult to do from South, uh, from not just South Africa, but New Zealand as well. They don't want to risk exposure because they've got their situation under control. And I got to imagine the UK is being awful cognizant of, of how things are going with COVID. Uh, well, they've had a tough over there too. So, um, their travel bans are still in place uh, for, you know, in different ways, shapes and forms all around Europe as well. Also. So, uh, I just can't see this getting off the off the ground this year, guys. I'm sorry. Um, I hate to be on, on your show and be such a doubting Thomas on these two topics, but maybe it's the fact that I've been in the U.S. rugby community for too long that I just see all these things come and go so quickly, uh, and they never actually come to fruition. So we, um, now we got Roland Poo Poo Pratt on the show. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Hey, Poo Poo this works, and Poo Poo that works. They have a whole staff that USA Rugby could, you know. Oh, I, my goodness. I'd hire them on the spot if they could make right. it happen. <laughs> Man, you know, it, it is interesting, though. Like you say, yes, you have seen so many different versions of rugby come and go in the U.S. Um, I want to circle back around to something that uh, Scott had said is that, or I'm actually, it might be uh, uh, Rob, and correct me if I got this wrong, but, it was, okay, is the aviators' involvement an opportunity to be able to build a platform where they could look at joining the MLR? And if that, it was, that was me, I should get a bonus point. Okay. Okay, so Rob had mentioned you go. this point, which does give him a point. I thought it was interesting, but I wanted to dig into it a little further. What would they gain from this? Okay, so I have my thought. I'm going to actually throw it back to you then and see if we're on the same page, and then you'll get the point. Okay. Yeah, it's a trial balloon. They do it all the time in politics, right? You float something out there kind of innocuously and associate with something nonchalantly. Maybe you put it through another organization, um, and you want to see how it ferments. You want to see how it goes. And if it gets a lot of traction, if it gets a lot of interest, if it drums up the Ohio rugby community and and begins them, yes, this is a great idea. Now, all of a sudden, there is a community that you can build upon and use to develop an MLR bid. But they didn't need to do it. They don't need to do it. It's already there. It's already established. They have Fortress Obits. The the Ohio rugby community is already established with pro rugby. You have all these players from Ohio. You have all these players from Ohio. They're trying to get the money. They already have. They're trying to get the $25 investor. You don't think they already already have it? You you don't think they already have it? Let me ask you this. The Obits, they're begging for somebody to rent their facility right now. You think right? that's not you, a concern. Okay, so you the concern, think Mr. Concern Mr. Is Poo-poo, getting somebody... <laughs> Mr. Poo-poo the code and the 10th code. <laughs> that's right. You, you, first of all, you, you crapped on the code and now you're saying that's the balloon they're going to put up. So according to your logic, they're going about it with a crappy code of rugby to find an investor. You think that makes sense? Well, hey, it's a default. Hey, we couldn't, they couldn't get this done. Isn't our fault. They couldn't get this done. They couldn't put the t- uh, tournament together or not uh, in time, but we have an organization and structure that we can use in two years' time to put into the It MLR. was already there. It was, it was already there. Out there. I just can't see it happening. I can't see MLR, uh, uh, the aviators being an MLR anytime soon, um, but uh, especially with all those players. <laughs> well, 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 they well, already have the crochet tomorrow, and he's going to come knocking on your door. He's, he's going to be, be upset. Army of he wants to be on the wing. First of all, me and Chris Shade – 
I, listen, I hate anything from the state of Ohio. I'm on record. Everybody knows this. <laughs> are, are it's you already there. It's already, they have, they have the administration. They have the same guys. They, they have taken the guys who are already on the aviators to create this tent, this tense team to, you know, put, put a USA team in the, in this, in this world, world series. Okay. But it's it's already there, so I don't think a balloon putting up a balloon. This isn't the Canaloa thing. This is Ohio was already there. Ohio already has the players that would come back if their contracts allowed them to come back because they like the organization and they like the culture that was created during the defunct pro rugby. If the one good thing that came out of pro rugby was that there was a a, a centralized U.S. location that loved rugby did it right on, on the pro series and had good enough players to now be spread across the MLR. So I think it's already been there. I don't think your balloon theory is correct. I think it's just sad that they didn't bring Pedri Vandenberg back. That's just my only sad, sad part. He was my boy right there. That's <laughs> <laughs> You're my boy. You're my boy. <laughs> Guys, I, I, I must interject. I mean, I left it until now, but there are some solid points there. But I'm going to be able to throw it back to each one of you to be able to sum up this round with two points in mind. Do you think that this tens tournament is a good idea or not? Uh, and then secondly, do you think that the aviators are fortunate enough to be able to find this as a platform to springboard back in, into professional rugby here in the U S so we'll start it where we started the round. Roland, let us know. Well, I'll, I'll take the end part first. I do not think that the aviators will be going back to MLR um, anytime soon. Um, but I think that the TENS is a good idea, but in a different climate. Um, I just don't think, again, a little bit like Canelua, I think it was rushed a little bit. I don't think that the, the, uh, it's ready. I don't think that the teams are ready. I, I, we're supposed to be playing next month. This is not going to happen. I can't see this happening. I hope it does, but I can't see it happening. And But I'd love to see it in the future done right with proper IRB backing, you know, that we can maybe get like television rights and do the whole thing properly, kind of like the Seventh Circuit. But right now, I'm not sure. Right. First of all, I, I can tell that you're old school rugby because you still say IRB. IRB. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Irish roots. <laughs> I used to walk by every day. <laughs> but fair points, and, and you've made your position known. Uh, we're going to hand it over to Scott to find out where he uh, sits on this one. I hate to agree with old glory, but, but I agree with Roland. I think it's a good idea. I don't think it's going to get off the ground next month. Um, and I don't think this leapfrogs the Ohio Aviators and the MLR in the next two years. Um, with that being said, I think um, eventually Ohio gets a team, whether it's in Cincinnati or back in Columbus. But I don't think they'll be the first Midwest team. Okay. All right. Fair, fair, fair points, though. All right. Let's hand it over to Rob to get your uh, your final points there. I don't have a problem with the idea. I mean, rugby's rugby. Let's get let's get sports, you know, back rolling again safely. But you did have a problem uh, with the idea. I just want to point that out. I don't have a problem with tens. I just I just think that I think the, you're this, no, 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 no. The game Whoa. of tens, I don't have a problem with. What I have a problem with is the gimmick tape on this trying time, to get right? this done. No, I'm trying to get this done in a month time. Right. I think the the tens tournament idea in a month's time. Ain't gonna happen. That's a gimmick. I don't have a problem with tens in general. Like Roland said, if they could roll it out, you know, six months, a year from now, fine. 
do it then. But uh, it's not going to happen in COVID times. In particular, it's going to be difficult to get pieces. But let me just say this. The aviators live. I'm keeping the spirit of Chris Shade alive. Chris, I'm bucking for you. I'm looking for you to find a home and stay in Ohio and play in the MLR. Right. Well, all fans of rugby in the U.S. would be happy to be able to see a new team. That's clearly evident. But I want to circle back around to, and I'm going to try and quote uh, as best as I can, is it just a gimmick? <laughs> Was the words that Thank you praised. So I this wanna... tournament in October is a gimmick. That's not what okay. you said. It's it rugby tens. You is it just a gimmick code? Yeah. I'm from New Orleans. I like New Orleans. I'm from Chicago. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Okay. I wanted to be able to dig okay. in a little bit deeper there. So you say that. Okay, so maybe let me try and sum it up in this manner. On the back of the conversation we previously had in this episode, when we spoke about the Canaloa bid and what led to its collapse, the key takeaway that we said is that it was too much, too soon, and why would you try and take that on during COVID climate, right? So really, isn't the same message being served here is that with this TENS tournament in mind, less than a month away, are they just simply trying to capitalize on what they think may very well be the perfect window in the no-play climate and have chosen Bermuda because it is currently at a very low threshold uh, in terms of its COVID implications. So there's many flaws to this argument, but ultimately I think that we can all agree it seems unrealistic to achieve their goals given the short time that they have set to be able to launch come October 24th. So really... I yep. just, I just want to, because we're 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 pretty much done with the topic. What I want to do is, I do want to say congratulations to Alex McDonald, who is now director, um, the community director down at uh, Atlanta. He was the um, community director at Rooney and was actually the 2020 Game Changer. He won the Game Changer Award for MLR. And I just want to let the fans know this is the type of grassroots stuff that the MLR teams are doing that you might not see as a casual fan. So get get a little more in depth with what's e- what with what each team is doing. As we talked about, uh, f- uh, R- rugby four hundred four is putting out their fall schedule. Um, the Utah Warriors selects is putting out their fall schedule. The grassroots effort from the MLR by by each team is being pushed. Take a look at it. Right. In addition to that, we might very well hear soon that there'll be rugby in Canada with uh, the Arrows, and uh, that should be announced within the next week or so if they have the ability to be able to set a schedule. So, yeah, uh, to that point, I like what you said there is just if you are supporting a team, any team you may choose, dig it in a little bit further, find out what they're doing, support them, and you'll find there's a lot of good people doing some great work behind the scenes that aren't always in the limelight, but their contribution is definitely valued. And Alex McDonald is one of those uh, in Major League Rugby. So we, uh, we thank him for his service, and we thank you gentlemen on the screen as well for your service and telling us what you think about this topic at hand, about the World Tens series being hosted in this October window. Uh, I think that to sum it up, we all agree that it might be much like it was for Canaloa, a little too much, too soon. They took put too much and put a little bit more than they could eat on their plate. And as a result, we're skeptical, right? So it certainly cast some shadows uh, upon this. We'll see where it lands. Do I want to be able to see the aviators take the field again? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But I need to be able to find out. Who's going to be the winner of this round? So it's been pretty, pretty interesting. 
there was a moment when Rob and Scott were in their back and forth trading blows there that reminding me why we do this show. <laughs> so Roland, Old school, I baby. Old school. your contribution, but you're out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're quite frank um, in, the show, in case you haven't realized. Uh, you're just a bunch of insiders, that's all. I did say my loyalty can be bought if you persuaded me on another occasion with a check or flag. <laughs> he's looking for, for some old glory gear is what he's looking for. Right. So let's let's put it down to the two. Rob, I'm going to not give it to you. <laughs> it's going to be Scott's, and I'll tell you why. You had the bonus point. You brought us some excellent things about the investment, the platform, to be able to raise the profile one more time for the aviators and then lost it when you backtracked on the gimmick idea. No. <laughs> so, Thank you, sir. So we hand the title over to Scott. Congratulations. Such a suck. <laughs> Listen, it's it's always it's always you fun as a New Yorker. In that, uh, in I I will certainly choke on it. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, it's always fun as a New Yorker to be teams from DC and New England. Um, I challenge uh, Magleby uh, when he comes on the show. Um, mm-hmm. I already took down Old Glory, so now it's on to the Flapjacks. Ooh, Flapjack! All right, all right. So, well, Roland, we'll, we'll see you at uh, 21 uh, up in New York or down here in D.C., and we'll, uh, we should we'll discuss this a little further, shall we? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm down. Absolutely. Roland, while we have an opportunity before we close out this episode, do you have anything that you'd like to be able to share with the viewers of the Rugby Rant, your listeners and viewers and fans of the OG uh, D.C.? So give us uh, your thoughts. Uh, well, actually, just to jump on what Scott was saying there earlier, um, I actually want to uh, have a, a quick shout out to a very special person in the rugby community here in D.C. He had a Lifetime Achievement Award from uh, Gonzaga High School this evening, and his name is Lee Kelly. Um, he is the um, head coach or the coach there at uh, Gonzaga and led the rugby program for 30 years. And um, he's a true rugby legend in our area. And I just want to give him kudos and congratulate everything that he has done with his time. And, uh, you know, the amount of players like Ben Seema went through his academy for or through his school, for instance. Um, so great guy, great fellow, and uh, delighted for him. And honestly, uh, that's all I have to say. Uh, thank you guys for having me. And what you appreciate is I'd love to be back sometime. And uh, let's get some rugby on the field quickly, guys. Right. And we hope to, at the same time, get you back on the air as well with the old boys. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Very soon. Ty, I'd also like to add one piece. Um, you know, remember uh, this month of September is National uh, Suicide Awareness Month. And and for, for all those of you guys who follow the show, we know Chance, we're having a big giveaway on September 30th. Um, you know, uh, we'll repost it and we'll, we'll put it out there to the top of all the feeds. But um, National Institute of Mental Health uh, and Chance Wegaluski is, is throwing his support that way. Um, it's important that you give your brothers and sisters a hug when they need it, when they're down, when they need some support. I mean, we have a saying in rugby with you and, and it's gotta be not just on the field, but off the field. So, um, if you could, you know, you want to share, like, follow, um, and put the hashtags there and you could be a winner of a chance, signed Chance Wagalusi rugby ATL jersey. 
All right. He was gracious enough to be able to join us on the show a little while back. And we know from his own personal experience, uh, this cause resonates with him. And, you know, not all scars can be seen. So, yes, a great uh, message over there from, uh, from Rob. And likewise, from the rest of the guys on the screen here, from myself uh, as the host uh, of the Rugby Rant podcast, I want to be able to thank all of our viewers for tuning in for another great episode of this podcast here with Rob Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, Roland Pat, and myself, Ty Braga. Thank you for watching the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.